Welcome to the Pairing Your Life podcast, episode number 20. This podcast is designed to help age 40 and over athletes live their best life. On this episode, we're going to talk to my husband, Dan. We have been together since we were teenagers. I have watched him grow from a wild and crazy guy to an elite athlete, all the while raising two boys, building a business, and being my husband. We have a lot to talk about, so let's go. Hi, I'm Dr. Libby. And I'm Coach Alex. Welcome to PRing Life Podcast, where it's all about thriving, not just surviving as an over 40 athlete. I've been a family practitioner for almost 20 years, and I have been dissatisfied with what medicine has to offer athletes. Now, as a functional medicine doctor, I've teamed up with Alex, a functional health coach, to talk about how to get to the root cause of symptoms. And together, we'll teach you how to make 40 and beyond the best years of your life. Dan Payton, hello. Thank you for being on our podcast today. Good morning. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah. This I was, is exciting. It yeah. is exciting. So we had my husband last podcast, and then we were having Dan today. And um, you guys both have just so much, just, I don't know, wisdom to share. And yeah. so we were super excited to have you guys both on the podcast. And I was talking to my husband about you this morning a little bit. And um, I said, I think Dan may be the best athlete that I personally know. And um, what we were talking, and Andy agreed, and and what we were talking about was you have this um, combination of, you know how they say hard work beats talent every time? I think you have talent and hard work, Mm -hmm. which is an amazing combination. But then you also have this other um, component that is this ability to kind of push through when right. you're suffering. Yes. You know, and so I've seen you do that so many times that when most people, myself included, are like, I think I'm going to back off a little bit because this is feeling too hard. Um, I think you have an amazing ability to do that too. And you put those three things together and it's pretty, pretty amazing yeah. what, what can happen it's and it's pretty fun to watch but yeah so um and we'll get into all of this yeah. as, as we get talking but we're just super excited to have you today that's extremely nice thank you very much oh well yeah. i mean it I, it's really true yeah so. well it makes me think of something really quick and then we'll get on to our fun question of the day mm-hmm. um we were at so okay one time we were d and i were out biking and i barely tipped over barely hurt myself and I was done. Literally, mm-hmm. my son had to come pick us up because I couldn't ride home because I was just devastated. You know, mm-hmm. I was just whatever. Then we were at a race and Dan's, um, we were warming up before this race um, out at the Air Force Base and his tire blew and he went down hard and slid for probably 10, 15 feet, tore his kit. I mean, uh. his wrist was a mess, his shoulder bleeding everywhere. A different switch went off on him. And he was ready to go and then won the race in PR. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) It's just so funny, the difference of the two mentalities. And like you said, that's his mentality of, oh, yeah, all right, I'm ready to go now. Yeah. I'm ready to turn it down. Yeah, exactly. That's like that mental toughness, Mm -hmm. which is just, um, I don't know. I mean, that's probably something, it's interesting to hear your story a little bit, because that's not something people are really necessarily born with. And, um, you know, it's just... I don't know. It, it's it's pretty, yeah. Good trait to have, I think. Really good trait to have. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So we'll get into. Okay. So tell me a funny 
story or something about Dan that you could think of? Oh my goodness gracious. There's so many stories. You go first and I'll, I'll come up with one. Well, I feel like I have to say this just because there, like you said, there's so many, yeah. but Dan has a nickname fast AJ. Yes. Which there's a little bit of funny history to that, but I'll kind of fast forward to, we were running with a girl, bread uh-huh. and, um, Actually, I don't, Dan, you weren't with us. It was just me and Brent and her sister, Candace. Mm-hmm. And I kept on talking about Dan, 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 Dan. And finally she goes, who's Dan? <laughs> and I said, he's my husband. She goes, I thought Fast AJ was your husband. husband. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, no, it's the same person. It's the just same his nickname. Person. She goes, oh, this whole time I was just sick to my stomach thinking that you were talking about some boyfriend named Dan. Yes. I said, no. So yes. that's his nickname, Fast AJ. Yeah. It, I, be, it was, so I wasn't on Facebook and I'm not very technically um, uh, skilled. So Colin created my Facebook account and he named it Fast AJ. And there is a story there, but um, I had to live up to that yeah. as, as time went on. But So it's always Dan, a.k.a. Fast AJ. Fast, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's the same person. For anyone who knows him as yes. Fast AJ, this is the same person as Dan Payton, for sure. So, yeah, so, yeah I have, I mean, I can't think of, like, anything super, like, funny, but just always, I mean, so many memories of doing triathlons um, together as a group, mm-hmm. which was so, so, so fun. And Dan was always so humble, but so encouraging. And I mean, even with training and doing the races and I mean, just so many fun memories. When I think back at that time in our lives, we're all doing a yeah. bunch of those. That was a really, really mm-hmm. fun time in my in my life and yeah um there's two maybe we'll get back there one i day. know one day and the yeah. the wilson girls are big dan payton fans your name comes up at our house that's hilarious fairly regularly josie has told me a couple of times that you're going to teach her how to drive stick shift absolutely and yeah, yeah she's holding you to that because she, she brought that up this weekend yep and um you know, Ainsley brings you, I mean, Ainsley and you are kind of little BFFs, really. Yeah, I mean, sure. you guys yeah. are good little yeah. buds. And um, so they, they talk about, we all, the Wilsons think very highly of, of Dan Payton. That That's is very for sure. nice. Thank <laughs> that, you very he's, much. He's definitely the better half of the Payton, too. Oh, oh so definitely. <laughs> definitely. He's the nice one. Yeah. Well, I almost want to go back and talk about the, the little crash you had because it wasn't such a little crash. Kind of. First of all, we're probably 30 miles from home. So there is that we have to ride all the way back Mm -hmm. and we were my crash was just a mile from the from the start so let's let's, i didn't have blood or anything you know it might have been a little blood but uh, yeah you actually had to go to the doctor and we did have some of our best um arguments out on the on the bike (laughs) i've always said that i want to write a book Mm -hmm. on the best arguments that couples have had training together oh boy i just have always said that because we've had some of the best worst arguments ever see Andy Wilson does not like to talk when he's training (laughs) like and so I remember like I mean we'll go running and he's like you know I I just don't know that I can talk I'm like that's okay you don't have to talk I'll just talk the whole time (laughs) he just has to listen and it's like he gets into a zone and he's yes, going. and he yeah. doesn't like to talk when he's like he likes to preserve he's the oxygen. Yeah. Yes, when he's yeah. fitnessing. So there's not been too many fights, yeah. I think, because he can't muster nope. up the oxygen to <laughs> yeah. to fight with me. Maybe he has to just he's yeah. a captive audience for me. Well, you're one of the very few. That's for sure. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, so, let's yeah yeah let's get started. Let's just 
talk about Dan Payton. And, oh, and, I, I love that. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it excites me so much. Yes. Thank you very much for having me, though. Yeah, we're super glad to have you. We're super yeah. glad to have you. So tell us about, I mean, I don't know, you're growing up and kind of start at the beginning and tell us about yourself. So I am the third in line of four siblings. So I have two older brothers and a younger sister. So um, perhaps some of the toughness could have come from getting pummeled by my brothers (laughs) pretty much daily. Um, A real early memory is my two brothers fighting out in the front yard and there being some sticks laying around. And I'm probably three or four years old. My mom tells the story. And um, I grab hold of a stick and I start beating both of them to the point where I'm in trouble because they're crying now. And uh, so it may be a, a lot of rough stuff, you know, fun. How much stuff. older are your brothers? So Dave is four years and Doug is two and a half. Okay. So and then my younger sister, talk about tough, because she had three older brothers. Oh, yeah. And to, keep yeah. her sharp so yes yeah absolutely yeah that i mean that probably does have something to do with yeah. it really i mean yeah um, yeah you had to learn to defend yourself early on for, for sure. sure and you couldn't for sure. i'm sure they weren't going to let you just sit around and wimp out and no. cry and moan and <laughs> no not at all yeah yeah so tell us something about you. I mean, kind of growing up, were you an athlete? Were you involved in stuff? Just So in in Northridge, in the growing up days, mm-hmm. um, there's a game going on everywhere. So, um, so growing up, there was always basketball, football, baseball. I wasn't really great at baseball. You know, you do all the sports that little kids do. And then at some point, some age, you realize, well, this sport's really not for you. And um, baseball, that luckily came early enough that I didn't waste too much time at it. But um, I ended up playing football from fourth grade through 12th grade. And I kind of categorized myself as a young person um, up through high school as an underachiever. So a participant um, with lofty goals that did okay, but probably didn't reach my potential just due to whatever circumstances just just didn't happen so um andy tells me you were a pretty good football player i mean i mean i just didn't i didn't do all the hard work behind the scenes well mm-hmm. for for instance i mean we smoked during football season mm-hmm. so that yeah. that tells you a lot right there was sure. i really serious about my sport not really so um it was mostly social and i had yeah. a little bit of success i think maybe i could have been a little better but um thankfully didn't peak in high school yeah. Yeah. You know what though? I, I um we have this conversation a lot too, um, about our girls and I mean they are I mean they're they're great girls, but like they don't have that like super drive that like mm-hmm. I mean like they're like you know, they go to swim practice three times per week and sometimes I have to drag them there because they're like, oh, I don't know if I wanna go and they always are glad that they went, but they don't have maybe that killer instinct. But you know what, like I don't know that a lot of people do at that age. For sure. I, didn't. I, I, mean, I definitely did not. I did not either. I mean, I was looking for the easy way out all the time yeah. when I was that yep. age. They would tell you to, like, punishment in football was go run a mile, you mm-hmm. know, and that was like the worst thing you ever could have said to me. Yeah. So running and endurance and that yeah. stuff didn't come till way, way later. Exactly. So I do think a lot of that drive and motivation, and, and it comes with maturity and with age a little mm-hmm. bit, you know, so. And um, maybe like a, um, a life happenstance like uh, for me it was um in a flag football game 
at our mutual friend's house mm-hmm. um, going to make a cut to make a pass and there goes my knee. Mm. And for the first time in my life, I did not have the use of my body. Mm-hmm. And I think a switch flipped with me mm-hmm. during that time. Had to have uh, ACL and meniscus surgery and um, just being hobbled mm-hmm. for a, a significant amount of time. I was like, I don't know. I, mm-hmm. I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Something something happened during that time because yeah. I was running. Alex and I had done our marathon stuff. And again, um, at an underachiever rate, just as a participant, and then uh, got into cycling and, and did some of that then. And then it was during that period of, of being injured that um, I think a switch flipped. I just mm. uh, You didn't take for granted anymore that your body was... That's exactly right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. Yeah. Do you remember how old you were when that happened? I think I was 34, 35. Okay. Okay. So, so back up a little bit. You played high school football. You played sports in high school and stuff, but you weren't, you wouldn't consider yourself like super putting forth the full effort, right? And then you graduate. And then did you remain active and athletic like after high school or not for a while? For sure not. Okay. Um, you know, pick up games here and there, whether yeah. it be basketball or backyard football and stuff like that. But um, no athletics. I mean, so I have kind of a dual. Um, life as far as hobbies are concerned um i thought during high school my main thing was going to be music so i've Mm -hmm. played guitar since i was nine years old and actually um had a little bit of uh talent and um practiced enough to get pretty good and was in bands in high school and i was thinking um i was going to be you know the next jimmy page so i was on that course which um, you know, didn't work out, but um, until I re-entered his life, no, I mean, and then kind of changed things up. I was yeah. trying to yeah. live like a rock star then a little bit, which <laughs> is not so glamorous now looking back. So, yeah. so that was the focus there for a little while, and then, um, so and so then you meet Alex, and you guys get married. I mean, young, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. we we met in high school and mm-hmm. had dated for a while in high school, mm-hmm. and then. Um, had the typical teenage breakup, heartaches, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff, and then got back together right after I had graduated. And I was going to say our main focus was just having a good time mm-hmm. at that point sure. of time. And then got pregnant with our first one. Mm-hmm. Um, so life started to shift a little bit at that point. Obviously, priorities, having a baby. Dan was always very even with the immaturity of just being 19 and all that kind of stuff was always a hard worker. Mm-hmm. Always. That was never an issue with mm-hmm. him. It was always, he never missed a day of work. That was, he's always been a provider from day one. So yeah. I remember a moment. So back to your question, no, virtually no athletics after high school, but I do remember in um, January of 1998, I was working with a a local plumbing company and I interviewed with Navistar. Mm -hmm. And part of that interview process was a physical and jumping on a scale. And Mm -hmm. during my previous few years working for this company, it had become accustomed to have break at nine o'clock. And then we would go to Burger King, grab a breakfast sandwich, we'd have lunch, and then Mm -hmm. we'd have afternoon break. And it could have been a, you know, a donut from Schuler's or, or whatever. And I, you know, unwittingly had put on some some weight, some fluff. And um, I remember jumping on the scale 
and I hadn't, I don't think we had a scale at home back then, but I'd had no idea what I weighed. I remember I weighed about 175 in high school and I jumped on that scale and it said 199.9. And I looked at the the physician or the, the nurse, whoever it was, and I was like, is that right? You know? And, um, Again, a little bit of a, a switch flip at that point because mm-hmm. – um, so I was interviewing to work at Navistar, and they have a wonderful fitness um, center. And uh, after seeing that number on the scale and looking in the mirror a little bit, I was like, uh, this isn't great. Mm-hmm. So I started in there, and, and that kind of got me running out. Alex, I think, had – had you started running yet? Running on and off, and actually that was – you hit – so it's interesting. So I had tried to run, and he always thought that was the dumbest thing. Why would you want to run? He <laughs> just didn't really ever support that. And I had, during that time, I was going back to school working full-time, and I probably put on a good 25, 30 pounds as well um, just from – same thing yeah, you know right. just it just happens food. i mean it just happens yeah and he starts working at navistar and meets a couple guys and they're running all the time they're working out working second shift working out he's looking great and mm-hmm. starting doing races and here i am like oh mm-hmm. you know so that so was definitely was, kind of a like kickoff 26 27 years old so okay you know, kids are born and yeah. life's happening, and um, yeah, so it's hard at that time because they're—I mean, you're bit, you're working, yeah. you've got the little kids. It's hard to find that time for yourself during that period of time. But yeah. if you can, and I don't know if you're still playing in the band at all at this point because you got to kind of pick your hobbies at this he stage, did. right? He, because that was a duel for a long time because he was because our older one really got into it. So he and Dan were playing together. Well, that mm-hmm. was a little bit later on. So back later in the on, 20s, yeah. though, mm-hmm. I was in a band that would have been, um, you know, playing out a lot. Mm-hmm. And we went to Columbus to practice and it was really fun. Mm-hmm. And but, you know, weekends gone, evenings mm-hmm. gone, new babies. That's not a great combination. Right. So thankfully, um, I, that fizzled mm-hmm. a little bit. So. Yeah, yeah, because you have to kind of. I mean, you got to choose. Yeah. You got to ch- like. You can't. You know. I don't know. It's yeah, just, just not enough. You just can't do it all. Right. You yeah. can't do it all. I mean, Andy had the same yeah. thing. Like he likes. You yeah. know, he likes to fish and hunt mm-hmm. and lift and exercise and all that. And it's like when you've got a couple little kids and a full time job, you can't do it all. You got to kind mm-hmm. of focus in on what your your priority going to be. Yeah. So, so, um, so you started fitnessing a little bit at your job at Navistar. You're doing this. Like at lunchtime or before the day, work day or after the work day or um, before and after the work day and sometimes during the work day. Okay, so um, you got pretty obsessive about yes. quote unquote break. Yeah, um, might be able to sneak over for for a little session. Yeah, so okay, I remember so signing up for a five k through through that uh, a little um, challenge they had the monthly challenges and uh, went up and ran my first five k at Melvin Miller Park in Urbana. And um, was kind of hooked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it it hurt so bad. I mean, five Ks mm-hmm. are the worst thing ever. They They're, really are. At yeah. the very beginning of your five K career to the very end of your five K career, I think it's the same. It's yeah. It never feels. Great. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. I, I think I would rather run a marathon than run a five K because of think the, I would too. Yeah. Yeah. So, I I think I ran like a, a low twenties or maybe a high nineteen, like nineteen fifty six or something, and came in, you know, in the top. It, it, it wasn't a well-attended race, um, but I, I finished good enough that it, it got me kind of thinking, wow, this mm-hmm. is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. It hurts really bad, but it's kind of cool. cool. So you get that, uh, yeah. that afterwards uh, um, endorphin feeling. Yeah. So, 
Yeah. So yeah, that would have been in sometime in 98. Okay. And back up just a little bit, Alex's dad is a cyclist from way back, like the those guys that had the big flags off the back of their bike in the 80s and yes. stuff. So he had ridden for years and years and years. And whenever we'd go out there, there's always a bike on the porch and you'd see the stuff laying around, helmet, shoes. And he invited me. Um, it became a tradition every um, New Year's Day, depending on how your New Much. Year's <laughs> Eve went, um, to go and ride from Yellow Springs down to Xenia and back. So he would drag me out once in a while to ride a bike and went over the reservoir with with him and Fred Peters' dad, Fred, and, and some of those guys that used to ride together all the time. So that's a really good memory. And you don't realize it at the time, but little things like that. Those kinda, little seeds being yeah, planted. Yeah, little seeds, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. Your dad coming over in a 68 convertible Corvette with two bikes. With a bike rack on the on back. The back. Yeah. And of course, it didn't take a lot for me to be like, oh, this is this is pretty cool. We get to ride in the vet and then yeah. we got to go ride. But mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but those positive experiences Mm -hmm. that slowly start building up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So then what got you into triathlon? Because you were kind of the opposite from football to... Yeah. Yeah. So through some of the other fitness, um, you know, with running and cycling, um, you meet people and you start having group workouts and stuff. And I think, I don't know if along that time, Champion City Cycling had formed yet or not, but it definitely started riding with some some local guys and um got to know aaron dunaway and and i grew up with carrie his wife and uh aaron and carrie were just starting down their triathlon road in fact um dr delong who mm-hmm. was a previous guest that was a wonderful podcast mm-hmm. by the way um she had already started down her journey so everybody's buzzed about triathlon and that that is in that sphere of, of folks and um Aaron and I had ridden together on the bike and, and run some, and he said, man, you, you got to try this. I did a race and basically kind of introduced the thought to me. And, and of course I said, I can't swim. You know, I did swim team. I, I forgot, I forgot to mention that yeah. because it's so insignificant. My sure. swim team was like Northridge pool. Yeah. yeah. You <laughs> talk about an underachiever. I mean, I was, I was there really to see the chicks. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that's about <laughs> it. I couldn't swim for anything. I got DQ'd. Uh, numerous times and it, it was funny but um so aaron said you know they're doing this uh, wittenberg uh, beginner swim program and you know that'd be a great place to start and um so i signed up and and went i don't know did mm-hmm. you go the first few times alex or i did, did maybe the next session okay because i think you and yeah. i and ellen and, well I, yeah. I learned quickly that um i was not a swimmer at all and it 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 was it was tough going um, in the early early go, but Aaron, so at the Aaron be- yeah Aaron introduced me to triathlon for sure. Wow, so so you were really a runner before you were a cyclist before you were a swimmer. Somewhat. He that's, and that's I right. had done some duathlons mm-hmm. before we had ever gotten introduced to the triathlon. The whole group mm-hmm. of me and everybody, we had gotten into the marathons, some five Ks. I think I did like. When I think about our participation back then, I mean, you you got into it more than I did. I think I did like two duathlons, and it was ugly. I well, mean, they were ugly. Oh yeah. my gosh! I I think of that now and the the lack of training and just showing up that day and doing. Well, I remember it, which, buying my bike the day before my first race. Right. So mm-hmm. stuff like I that. I mean, that's which yeah. It's it's how you start, but it's yeah. it's just funny to think about. Because I I guess I'm thinking like Dan Payton was a cyclist 
forever. Like, you know, that's that was my impression. But really, I mean, you dabbled with a little bit, but it wasn't until we really got into triathlons that you really started cycling, would you say? I think I had done some time trials and stuff before triathlon. Okay, because we had um, really gotten into the Colavita time trials. Those were pretty big for a while, so we were doing a lot of that kind of stuff. Okay. So so you start swimming, you do the Wittenberg swim thing, (laughs) and what did you think of swimming to begin with? You know, I could I could hardly go 25 yards. Okay. I had to grab yeah. a hold of the the side of oh the pool, goodness. and yeah. you know, you're just flailing. Mm-hmm. You're wasting so much energy, and so. But the good thing about that program was it did introduce the proper stroke and other strokes as well, because they definitely complement each other. But um, I went from there and just started. We had a, a Urbana YMCA membership, I think, at that mm-hmm. time, and I took what I learned at the Wittenberg um, sessions and tried to translate it up by myself and so I swam by myself for for probably a couple years mm-hmm. really did not get a lot better just basically learned how to suffer longer mm-hmm. sure <laughs> and you, you could, do you do adapt you build up your endurance but sure. you weren't building up your no. maybe technique very well maybe yeah. it was our first um triathlon i think were we all together at was that miami university i don't think you were there yet okay. i wasn't because yeah. i remember yeah, was the ou one uh, uh, maybe yeah. a year later but mm-hmm. um so it's like the kickoff to the hfp mm-hmm. season and they usually choose a, a pool venue to do the swim and then so it's usually at a university and that one was at at miami mm-hmm. and i remember it being very cold yes and so we have to jump out of the water run outside to the transition and jump on the bike and go but you know it you just get hooked by mm-hmm. it. it's it's a it's a great community of folks. Mm-hmm. It really something is special about it's an individual sport, but everybody's out there suffering mutually, mm-hmm. and um, there's a lot of camaraderie that that comes from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what I'm I'm um, blown away by so far in this conversation today is that I think like when when someone that doesn't know you really well looks at Dan Payton, the triathlete, you know, I, I think, oh my goodness, like he's been doing this stuff since he was a little kid and he's, you know, just, I don't know, like this has just been in your DNA, but like it really wasn't until you were, I mean, older that this yeah. really. Yeah, mid thirties. Yeah. Um, and, and I think people look at like maybe triathlon, if somebody's wanting to try triathlon, like I remember Lisa DeLong talking about this in our podcast with her too, that it was like, well, I can't be a triathlete. I'm not a swimmer. You know, I really am not a runner or a cyclist. Yeah, you don't have to be any of those things. Like, I mean, you can pick them up and learn them. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, swimmer is the one that I hear again and again and again. Like, I can't do a triathlon. I can't swim. Yeah. Well, none of us could swim either, none and we, yeah. you know, all done Ironmans, and it's all just getting in that pool and and learning it. But um, because I consider you to be an exceptional swimmer now. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. Um, that. Is probably something I'm, I'm most proud of um, as far as all the triathlon stuff. Um, so going from Urbana Y and swimming and getting nowhere and, and seeing myself come out of the water, you know, close to last and then have to bike like a maniac and run like a maniac to place anywhere decent um, was getting so frustrated. And then yes. again, Aaron shows up in my life and invites me to, he's, he's been on me for a while about masters at mm-hmm. Springfield YMCA. And I'm, you know, really terrified of how tough that's going to be, because mm-hmm. um, he's like, "Yeah, this is this is tough, but it's good for you," you know. So, when I started Masters, so there's three lanes. There's lane six, five, and four. Mm-hmm. So slow to fast. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I wasn't like a total beginner, so they put me in five. And I was able to swim with some really good swimmers there that, you know, it pushed me. And then I don't know if you remember Bruce Patmos, the, the yes, swim coach. I do. So one of the highlights of my triathlon career. Now, this is, this is saying something. It's mm-hmm. kind of funny. I come in one morning. I'd been going to Masters for probably, I don't know, maybe up to a year. Okay. And Bruce said, Dan, I want you to jump in four today. So now, <laughs> granted. So there's Ian Thompson. Mm-hmm. There's Marvin Arcellus. There's... Brent Patterson, there's these guys that have swam for years and years and years at college level. Yes. In some cases at a very high college level. And um, so I know it's coming. I mean, I'm going to just get killed. I mean, I'm going to drown. In fact, the first few times at Masters, I thought this must be a little bit about how waterboarding must feel. (laughs) I thought I was drowning many, many times. Mm -hmm. And... um, so you just keep going, and it's like getting together with with anybody else, workout partner wise. They push you to to a different level, yes. and um, that happened. And I went from I would say leading into that, I was probably like a one fifty, one fifty five, one hundred swimmer. Mm-hmm. And if anybody knows anything about swimming, um, two or three seconds in a hundred yard swim is like. A whole minute per mile in a mile, mm-hmm. maybe more. And um, I went from like 150, 155 down to the under 130. And then most recently down in the, you know, low one teens, maybe under 110 once in a while. Mm. And um, so that is, that, that, it's, that's been mm-hmm. monumental. My cycling improved somewhat over time, but nothing like uh, swimming. So. so you went from triathlons um, where the swim was like such a detriment for you. Like you came out so far behind. Oh, man. To coming out. Either first or yeah. top few, yeah. Which, yeah. which is a, such a different feeling when you got on the bike. I'm yes. now not panicked. Yes. Now I'm like, I can settle in yes. on the bike and, and not have not to go exhausted. to red line immediately to try mm-hmm. to make up time. Not that I would maybe go any slower, but it, it just the the mindset mm-hmm. was completely different. Absolutely, so. and back to what you're saying about moving to lane four and the pool <laughs> is, you know, you, the five people that you surround yourself with the most influence so much who you become as a person. Absolutely. And you know, you think back to like high school, you know, you, everybody wants your kids to hang out with other good kids because that's who's going to influence them, right? right? But the same is true as as adults too. You know, um you are going to push yourself to the level that you're Now, it's not going to help to put somebody who can barely swim and put them in lane 4. You know, I mean, it's just that's not going to be successful. Yeah, but Bruce saw some hard work and yeah. he saw an opportunity and man, what that did for me. So mm-hmm. If you look back over, I guess, my previous athletic career, and you, you never know how coaches are, are going to affect you and, and mm-hmm. influence you and things, maybe somewhere along the way, if, if someone else would have maybe shown me just a little bit of, you know. Attention. Maybe. I, yeah. I guess. I, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe not. No, I and I feel I, that way. I mean, that's what Dee and I have talked about, you know, as coaches, when we became um, coaches, it was really, really important to us because we had both had very negative coaches in our lives mm-hmm. or at different times, people yeah. that could have made a huge difference and it kind of sent us the opposite way. Mm-hmm. So that was one of those things that really wasn't 
for us about per se their performance but what they got out of it mm-hmm. individually for mm-hmm. themselves so and it has to be like yeah. the right person saying the right thing to you mm-hmm. at the right time the in right your time, life you know sure. and yeah. that's what time. matters i mean it's just so funny like i i will like sometimes like listen to a read a book or read it a second time and it's like something completely oh, yeah. different jumps out at me than the first time. your headspace yeah. yeah completely different makes a huge huge difference so so tell us about your first iron man how did you get to an iron man and where was that was that Florida? That was Florida in 2011. Okay. So Panama City Beach. Um, Me too. That was my, my yeah. first one too. Okay. We had such a great group of yeah. folks down there that for that trip. It was wonderful. Super awesome. Um, so back then, and I think it's still pretty much like this, um, Iron Man was so popular that you had to be ready to sign up on that midnight date of whenever they said they were going to open which was um, a year in advance advance. basically so like they would do the race and then like the next monday they'd open up registration just Mm -hmm. absolutely still fascinates me Mm -hmm. um like to pay that amount of money to do that torturous of a race you have to like sign up with your credit card you have to be ready on a computer ready to go so Mm -hmm. we had lots of us as couples Mm -hmm. that were doing it so aaron carrie you i don't know that andy Andy didn't didn't do it no but me Um, yeah alex and i and um, there were several others, yeah, but Aaron, mm-hmm. I think, was who I was riding and training with a lot then, him and Randall Comer as well, because somewhere in there, there was the halves, and mm-hmm. we did up at... Um, Cedar Point. Rev, mm-hmm. yep. So Aaron's like, well, because he did the full up at Rev, and then it was going to be Panama City Beach Ironman. I'm like, well, I'm in, because mm-hmm. I did the half at Rev, and I was still rehabbing my knee, and... You know, I've had kind of a messed up back for a long time, too. Um, back in my 20s, when I would go to the doctor, they were like, ah, we'll be looking at surgery, you know, sometime. And um, I wanted to mention that because that was a um, – there's like a fork in the road um, back then. I could have chosen maybe to go down the surgery route um, mm-hmm. instead. So right across from where we're at right now, um, the fitness seller, you know. Mm-hmm. So Alex had been down there teaching and, and doing stuff, and she got me to go to spinning. Mm-hmm. And I spent a few years, probably more than a few, going spinning um, in the mornings. And that I noticed that that really helped how I felt, my back and and all kinds of stuff. So not to go off on a tangent there, but mm-hmm. – um, I, just, I thought I should mention that because there's there's certain times in your life you something you're faced with you're like oh man I can't I can't do this you mm-hmm. know so and same thing with my knee because I had that flag football injury and of course you know how are you going to come back from that are you going to be able to to run you're going to be able to ride you're going you know so I rehabbed really hard so hard that I had to have another minor knee surgery before I was to where I was able to, to fully rehab. You're but, like um, me, like moderation is the key sometimes, but I have a hard time with moderation. I think you do too. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So first Ironman down in Florida. Um, what a, what a unbelievable time for many reasons. Mm-hmm. Being your first um, is, is, uh, so I, I try to compare the feeling of not only signing up for a race like this, but standing at the start line in the morning or preparing your transition bags or 
just the whole thought process of what you're getting ready to go through, I try to compare it feeling-wise. If you were a little kid and you were over at King's Island, you're like barely tall enough to ride the beast. Mm -hmm. And you're standing in that two-hour line. Mm -hmm. And that feeling you have as you get closer and closer and closer and you see the, the next set of cars go out and that... I, what is that feeling? Mm -hmm. I, I don't. It, is it Nervousness adrenaline? I, yeah, butter, it's been called butterflies. Mm -hmm. So at some point in my racing career, I've learned to. And it's almost like um, I got a little bit of that coming in here. To be honest, I'm mm -hmm. a little bit nervous. Yeah, but, sure. Um, but that feeling of and being able to embrace the and the butterflies. Yes. So um, instead of like hating that, oh, I hate that feeling. No, right. actually, I think that's the buzz that we're paying for. Yeah. When we sign up for yes. these races for You're 700 crazy. and some dollars or whatever it is, we're buying that, that drug that's being released in our, in yes. our body. we don't even really know it, but that's part of it yes. for sure. So anyway, I yeah. love that. Yeah, that is super cool. Like, yeah. It's, I'm super into that right now. I'm super into like recognizing, like there's so much that emotions stop us from doing because you don't mm -hmm. want to feel that feeling. Right. But like, I mean, it doesn't, it, it, it's a little uncomfortable, <laughs> but it's not like that Well, think bad. about different yeah. parts right? of your Ironman day and yeah. how uncomfortable you're yeah. going to be. And then you willingly sign up for that. So yeah. It's it's ridiculous and awesome all at the same time. Um, so that race went um, better than expected. I will say. I mean, obviously. did you have goals going into it? I mean, are we, like, they say so, your first goal, your goal should be to finish it. Absolutely. Right? And I was but. following that mandate. Um, Aaron was a, just a great source of experience and um, kind of coached me along because uh, he's he's he was a year or two ahead of me in triathlon and. Um, He's like, look, your your main goal should be to finish, and I was like, yep, because at an Ironman race, maybe I had some some small levels of success at local races where mm -hmm. it's just our community or and it's much shorter, much yeah. shorter. And Ironman folks are really serious folks, mm -hmm. so to do well, to, to have any kind of um, age group placement would, you know, that's just a giant goal, especially first time out. I I wasn't thinking that way. Um, surely wasn't thinking about what ultimately happened and that was a Kona slot yeah so the day went um, really well it was it was cold going out on the bike and all that I mean I'm you should pace yourself in these races and I, <laughs> I, I, I know how no no so the adrenaline is just off the charts I I remember standing on the beach in the morning if you remember it was in the high 30s mm -hmm. it was cold yeah it was and cold. the sand, the sand was cold. felt yeah. like ice like snow like and ice. Snow, like we're standing mm -hmm. in so it snow, actually yeah. felt good to get in the water mm -hmm. and that was great and um see the jellyfish 50 feet down mm -hmm. as you're swimming and it's not even sunlight yet that was uh you know crazy so got through that when I, and I'm not sure if I should go through the whole race here Probably yeah, yeah I, I, I want to hear about this because this was pretty cool yeah um, so I remember the bike ride going out and you know Aaron teaching me look you need to get nutrition started early so you got all this stuff bolted to your bike you know I've got pretzels M&M's cliff bars gels and all this stuff and my fingers are so cold I cannot manipulate mm -hmm. a, a little tear off thing on a, on a gel and you know, you just kind of keep fighting through that and keep riding. And as I'm going along, I'm noticing 
I'm passing a lot of people. Again, swim, not so great. Bike, pretty good. So it's not unusual to be passing people. But I'm looking down at my, my bike computer, and you know, I'm riding like 25, 26 miles an hour at times. And I'm Jeez. like, this this probably I, sh- I just kept kind of like saying back it off back it off back mm-hmm. it off you're not going to feel this get a long day you're not going to feel this good later on <laughs> you're not going to win the race right here you can yeah so um, I remember a couple pivotal points um, one coming to the sign that said 100 miles I remember, and anyone who's done an Ironman or long distance race, you have a lot of time to spend and think. You're mm-hmm. suffering, but you're thinking a lot, and things come up in your mind that you wouldn't even imagine. And this happened with Alex and I in our first marathon. I'll mention that in a minute. But I remember at 100 miles, I look at that, and I, I started crying mm-hmm. as I'm riding down the road. And they did a little out and back, and then I get back out on the road, the weirdest thing happened. This car came by me. Now we're on the. Remember that highway? Mm-hmm. We're kind of like on a highway. They got a lane of a highway close. Yes. And um, this old clunker, brown, rusty-looking Dodge thing comes up around me, and he gets in like in front of me. He's in the coned-off area, and he's kind of giving me thumbs up and hollering and. And I ride up kind of behind him, and I'm actually drafting him a little bit. I'm like, oh, I can't be doing this. And he speeds up and goes away. But it was like a um, a little jolt of adrenaline. And mm-hmm. at that point in the bike ride, I mean, most people, if you ask them about an Ironman, they're like, oh, man, that swim is tough. I could probably do the bike. And, oh, mm-hmm. I could walk the run. Well, let me tell you something. Yeah. The bike, you don't want to underestimate. No. Even a flat course like um, Panama City Beach, yes. uh, Florida. So I would absolutely um, agree. I was in a really, really bad place, and those those emotional releases right then and there got me back to transition. Because when you turned heading back towards transition, there's about a five or six mile, maybe a little longer stretch, and the wind was so bad in our face going back when you're feeling the worst i remember there'd be like one of those big condos that would block the wind and then you'd go by it and then all of a sudden this big yes i can't remember if i had a disc wheel on or not but i know i had like deep section wheels and it just blowing me all over the place and uh but yeah i haven't thought about some of this in a long time it's yeah it's pretty interesting and then you know the run did it feel pretty good or had you so I've done five Ironmans, and and with the exception of one, my fastest mile splits are always the first two miles. I don't. Yeah. It's so dumb. I know. I come out of transition. You're all high because the the crowd and the folks yeah. and mm-hmm. get some you're nutrition. Yeah. You're off that bike finally. I go out on the run and I'm running like a six thirty mile. <laughs> I'm like. Really? Yeah. You think this is going to go good? It feels slow, though, well, because it, the, it does. The, the, the motion of the bike. You actually think yes. that you're going slow, and you look yeah. down, and you're like, oh, my gosh, right. I, I've it, done it every time. But it day. ends yeah. up destroying you. Yes. So I remember, so it's a multi-loop. I think we do two loops mm-hmm. on the run. And I remember going back through that park area, and, you know, it's it's miserable. I mean, I'm I'm dying. I, I start to walk the aid stations, and... I'm getting out to, I'm on my second loop because that's another, you know, kind of a rush. You come back in, oh, I got to do this again. It's a 
love hate thing. I mm-hmm. think I can do it, but it's just terrible. <laughs> right. Yeah. Do you remember the, the little area outside of transition? And there's like those pirate people that were all dressed up like pirates and there's gals and guys and they're partying but they but they're going crazy for you they're they're urging on every athlete it was so cool so that was that was kind of big but the biggest thing for me that day happened at about i'm gonna say mile 21 22 of the 26.2 um Dr. DeLong's mm-hmm. boyfriend, mm-hmm. Dan, mm-hmm. is there. He was supposed to do that race. Okay. Right? I think he was supposed to actually do it, and he had been battling through some injuries, but he made the trip to support Lisa. And he, he had been along the course the whole day. I probably never saw him other than this time. But I am just to a point where I am, I'm not going to run anymore. I'm done. I'm just going to walk it in, which is not unusual right. for uh, Ironman. Um, but I had really no idea of my overall time or my placing or, or anything. And there's Dan on the side of the road as a spectator and cheering folks on. Um, he sees me walking and he kind of runs up and gets in my face. He's like, dude, what are you doing? You, you're doing great. Your time is such and such and such and such. You need to run on here. You've got a chance to, to do pretty good here. And it just like shook me out of a, mm-hmm. of a stupor. I mean, your body, I mean, your body is screaming to stop. Oh, I yeah. Mean, it, it, like sharp pains, not yes. the dull little aches. These are pains that you're thinking. Something is terribly wrong yeah, here. <laughs> yeah, it, I should it, stop. Whether it be blisters, whether it be cramps, yeah. whether it be stuff you're like, is this going to leave me, you know, bad for a long time? But anyway, Dan. He ran alongside me for just a little bit, and he kind of shook me out of my stupor, and I ended up running the rest of the way in and came across the line. So first of all, for folks who know Ironman, I think one of my goals might have been back then to finish when it's still daylight. Okay. So this is November, so it's later in the year, and so shorter daylight. So if you finish in the daylight at that race, it's it's pretty good. Yeah. So I remember it being daylight, and... um, I remember, um, I, I don't think I even really knew what a great Ironman time was. Back mm-hmm. then. I remember, you know, in the 12, 11, 12 hour range is extremely respectable. Mm-hmm. And I came in at 9.51, I think. Wow. And yeah. um, so, again, gigantic emotional release. Yeah. And then I see my wife. Mm-hmm. And I know that that means if she was doing the race, I shouldn't see her in the in the transition finish area because that means she didn't have a good day so mm-hmm. that was rough but there's one of my favorite pictures of us because oh, i don't too. like pictures of myself very much but one um is i think who, who captured that kathy i think kathy, kathy King? yeah it was wonderful um i'm fully embraced with alex and and kissing her and it was that moment that yeah. I realized that she DNF'd, and that, yeah. that was that was rough. Yeah. So here I am, on top of the world, but um, you know, feeling really bad for her at the same time. Yeah, but I always go back to I think it was meant to happen that day. Yeah. yeah. I would give up a finish all day long to have been there. To I mean that feeling of because our younger son Seth was able to go, that he and I shared that the whole day of tracking you and seeing how well you yeah. were doing, and to be there at the finish when you did that was um, I would not trade anything for that so well i think yeah dan a lot every time i see him whenever he's back in town yeah um 
he borrowed a bike from me. Uh, I don't know if it was last year or year before to do a race, and we relived that moment. Yeah, and yeah. It, it's like it's um, those little things along the way that make a big difference. So, you don't, yeah. Yeah. so we all get back in, and and we're, you know, um, cheering on other folks. And at some point, Aaron's like, "Hey, you know, we really ought to go down to the the following yeah. morning." Is the is the um, they call the folks who who got Kona slots. So mm-hmm. depending on your age group. They allot so many slots for the world championship race. When you say so many, you're talking like two or three. I mean, like per age group. I mean, weren't very, very few. Yeah, Yeah. few. So um, yeah, we we went down in the morning and and ate, and we're standing around, and they start calling the different ones. And at that point, we had seen the results, so Mm -hmm. I knew I was like, and please don't fact check me, but I think I was like eighth or ninth, seventh, eighth or ninth in my age group. Could have been sixth. I don't know which, which is really good. Yeah, really pleased with that. Um, and then they got they went all the way through the age groups, and I didn't get called, which I knew they were only taking like two from, yeah. like you said, from each age group. So I'm like, well, that's nice, but you have to be ready in case somebody is not there to accept their slot or turns it down because they just can't go in October the following year and want to pay the money that it takes to do right. it, all the factors that go into that. But um, so I'm there and and the lady who's calling out names, I walk up, I said, is that it? And she goes, oh, you may want to stick around. And I said, okay, I'll stick around a little longer. And Aaron's, uh, Aaron's right there with me, you know, he's, he's super excited how I did and stuff. And that was awesome. Um, so they had been to the later age groups i think 70 to 75 or something and yeah and nobody was there or something so mm. but they had a roll down mm. and it it ended up rolling down to our age group which then was 40 to 44 I okay think, or 35 39 oh man i can't remember um so anyway um they call my name and you talk Here's about our credit card yeah <laughs> well it took about two seconds to say yeah. yes and i remember aaron next to me screaming so loud. i mean he and i had a really awesome moment right then oh my and, goodness and um so i mean so going from you know first time iron man to having some some moderate success to qualifying for kona mm-hmm. i mean so I had been getting the triathlete magazines and seeing these superstars and stuff. So I really got swept up in in that. Yeah. And, well, how would you not? You know. Right? Yeah. So to the thought of of going and and then at the same time we had done enough. Um, so you have to do at least three or four triathlons with USAT to be um, eligible to go to nationals. And to qualify for nationals was the ten percent of your age group and and one of those races, so somewhat achievable, a, a lot easier to get that invite than Kona for sure. Mm-hmm. So we had gotten that too, Alex and I both. So twenty, so twenty eleven was going to be uh, let's see, was it tw- no twenty twelve? Had we already gone to? Well, that's what I was going to say. We had gone to. Kona, mm-hmm. right oh, before, that's, that's because right. we all did our last that long would have been run, 2010. our last bike, 
Yeah. So yeah, so we were there for your sports as, conference as spectators, as spectators and you for Kona. Got yeah. to work mm-hmm. as a medical person and with so, Ironman, which was awesome. How awesome that was that you got to train. Well, we all got to train on a course. But almost you got like to train a, on a course a real to weird um, yes. foreshadowing. Yes, well, yeah, which, um, to know exactly what that course would look like for right. the next year. Yeah. Right, because yeah. that would have been 2011, I think, because that was right before Ironman Florida. When we it went, was. That's, when we that's went, right. and then that's you right. would have gone to Kona in 12. 2012. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah, that was so, so I mean, just anyone who's ever done these triathlons, just, you know, I mean, first of all, an Ironman, just finishing an yeah. Ironman yeah. is like one of my greatest personal achievements, but to finish your first one and to qualify for Kona and... You know, you're not a professional triathlete. You have a day job. You have, yeah. You know, I mean, you've got a lot of other. Pretty much things. a fairy tale situation. Really, yeah. really cool. And a lot of things, I mean, um, have to happen to, to for. So, yes, I had a good race and I I did okay and stuff. But I mean, it's there's a lot of things that have to go right. Oh yeah. I, I would. I don't know if I'm a karma or luck kind of guy, but a lot of things have to go right. You can't have a mechanical. You can't yeah. have. And, no, you know. exactly. I mean, that's what you think about. Yeah, everything from nutrition to yeah. your bike maintenance to weather. You can train to... for a year, and then mm-hmm. something like that can something happen and derail you. So you have to kind of you have to love doing it and not be so focused on the results. But when it all goes perfectly, yeah. and it's the magical. results happen, yeah. yep. it's pretty magical. Mm-hmm. I think the most fun time I've had watching you, and you've had lots of successes and lots of races. I mean, so we're just highlighting this one, but yeah. um, you know, Triple T. I know you've had amazing. Yeah. Yeah. results there i loved watching and when i say watching this was like watching online you know we were tracking your results that day but i think it was the um boulder iron man and yeah. i mean i remember tracking dan on the bike and he was in the i mean he was beating a lot of the pro athletes yeah. on that bike that day you were i mean i don't so remember the details exactly but i remember every time we check it andy and i were like what so this is, was that the one that i did too mm-hmm. that year okay yep. so i always laugh about this that he had such a good day he was done mm-hmm. showered taken a nap had food and was back before i finished <laughs> <laughs> that would have been me too. For I mean, sure. I just I just laugh about that. Like, wow, look yeah. at you. Exactly. So that was like in any athlete's career, whatever sport there is, there may or may not be a, a perfect day. For me, that was my perfect day. And I, I, I try to, you know, I went back the following year to try to duplicate it and didn't come close. But it's, you know, things went absolutely uh, just about perfectly. The, um, I swam a 101, which my goal for Ironman swim was going to be under 115 if I could. Mm. 110 would have been like super great for me. And then to come in right at an hour, just a little over, was like, oh, Mm -hmm. I guess I'm having a pretty good day. So that set me up pretty good for the bike and the bike. So I'm riding along. I mean, (laughs) I start to see. um, So the pro men go off and then the women and then age groupers. So you're going off with the age groupers. Yep. So the pro men are yep. going ahead of you. Yep. Okay. And the and the pro women. And I'm starting to ride. I'm probably getting into like 20, 30 miles in. And I'm starting to see these female athletes with the big F on their calf. So everybody else has their age group, their mm-hmm. age on their and their their um, sex. So M42, you know, mm-hmm. would have been me or whatever. And I see these um, all F P so or just P rather mm-hmm. I got to remember this right, um, and I'm like, 
wow, I'm passing all these people with peas on their calves. What, what is this? <laughs> so I'm, I'm thinking, you know what? These are pro athletes. And so I'm this dumb, just Google, googie-eyed guy thinking, um, Whatever. I'm going gonna, gonna to holler encouraging things to these pro athletes that I'm passing. <laughs> As you're passing them. Yeah. I remember this climb up to Carter Lake in Boulder, and I'm passing several females, and um, and I'm like, good job. You're doing great. And, and they just look at me like I'm the biggest idiot in the world because <laughs> I'm just so high on adrenaline and knowing that I'm having a pretty good day. And, yeah, that, that bike split. I, I suffered a lot towards the end. But um, ultimately, I think it was like a 437 uh, bike split, which oh which when I came in off the bike in the standings would have been, I was in the top 10 overall in the entire race. Mm-hmm. That <laughs> Pros is, included. Yeah. So it was so weird. And um, I remember they, they transitioned on the local high school track and they had, and it's, it's that uh, material it's not asphalt, but looks like it. It's rubberized or whatever. Yeah. It was so hot. It was it ended it was up being like 94 degrees that yeah. day. Oh, and my gosh. I'm barefooted, and I, I leave my shoes on my bike. You know, I jump off and I run yeah. barefoot, and I go on that, that track, and I am like burning. And I sit down and change, and I run through the um, changing tent, which I don't need. I'm already in my kit. I've got my stuff. And there's nobody there. That was the weirdest feeling, which means you're doing either really, really bad or really, really good. Right. In my case, it was really, really good. Um, so I got on the run and about, I think maybe mile one or two again, um, running my fastest miles in the beginning, Sure. I see Dr. Dave Apple. And I didn't know him then. I knew of him. He, he was, was here from Ohio at that time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Oakwood. Yeah. So uh, he was a big OCCC runner. Him and his wife Stacy and um, Alex's dad's doctor, as a matter of fact. And um, so Dave Apple is paying attention to local Ohio people, and he knows of Alex and I. And um, he sees me and says, "Dude, you're you're, you're doing great. <laughs> you need to keep going, man, and keep going." And uh, well, I, the pace drops off, and ultimately, it ended up being a really good race. Um, swimming the bike was really good. The run was was okay. I hung on for for a pretty good finish. So I think I ended up like 19th or 20th overall and wow. second in my age group. So then I get to do a podium ceremony for Ironman, which was. That was pretty cool. It, yeah, and and it, I actually earned my Kona slot that time. Mm-hmm. So I got to actually be there. And so Seth had gone to the Air Force and in that following October. So this is a July race, and we're going to be seeing Seth for the first time since he going yeah. to the Air Force in October, which is during Kona. Mm-hmm. So I had decided, I knew that I qualified. I'm like, you know what? I'm I'm not going to be able to go. Yeah, I've done it. It's it was great. I would love to do it again, but I'm not going to be able to do it. So I got to see the person that got my to roll take down his slot. slot. Yeah. So oh. as I declined it, they roll down to the next person, and I see that person who's kind of waiting by to see if anything's going to get canceled. I get to see him get it, and that was awesome. And he was oh. there with his little boy, mm-hmm. so it was a pretty cool oh, to be able to watch that. That was yeah. really, really cool. Yeah, that the is excitement awesome. There. That yeah. was so fun. I remember it very, very well. It was so fun yeah. to watch. And we were, we were like, I remember Andy and I talking about it. We're like, the people that are like 
like commentating Iron Man, you know, and they're like watching the pros and stuff. They have to be like, who's this guy? Yeah. Dan Payton. Like, who is this yeah. guy? And like, where yeah. did this guy come from? And like, yeah. probably trying to research like, you know, who's sponsoring this yeah. guy? And you're That's like, uh, no one. This is just yeah. Dan Payton from, yeah. you know, little Ket- you know, Springfield, Ohio, yeah. Kenton Ridge grad. Right. And yeah. So, yeah. So what kind of advice would you give, um, you know, somebody who's younger and, and maybe just wanting to think about maybe doing some triathlons or getting into some fitness um, because, you know, you certainly have yeah. um, shown that you have what it takes, mister. You really do. Well, I think, um, like if I had to tell a younger version of myself, yes, um, obviously, have fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we we have. Mm-hmm. We did. Um, at some point, when you have some success, you start maybe taking it a little too seriously. And mm-hmm. I'm sure that I was dabbling in that area. Sure. And you kind of become a little bit of a butthole when you're that way. So I, I make it a point to um, – so you mentioned Triple T. Mm-hmm. I make it a point to um, – whether I'm doing great or, or bad um, in the last few years or many years – to acknowledge the other athletes. Mm-hmm. You know, wish them well. Ask them if they need anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I like the way that my triathlon um, – I'll say career. It's not really a career, but um, – hobby has gone is um pretty well i wouldn't i feel like i i've i've handled myself okay as far as humility and and things like that but being encouraging to other athletes Mm -hmm. and enjoying the ride you Mm -hmm. know if you can help somebody out along the way that's just even better Mm -hmm. well two things i'll have to say about you that i find as a someone looking on the outside in about the type of training you do dan has always been a guy who's never followed a plan Mm -hmm. never had a race plan Mm -hmm. ever barely writes anything down training year to year to year and for most of your career has never even trained with data Mm -hmm. his philosophy is when you go hard you go really hard and when you go easy you go super easy mm-hmm. so that and he's always been a big proponent on on talking about being an ambassador of the sport because yeah. we all know the people that we've gone to the races that take themselves too seriously and they just make us all look bad mm-hmm. and so he's always tried to do a really good job of of you know being encouraging to other people no matter yeah. who it is i think i would say also um don't be afraid to try new things like say you get into triathlon and it's it's fun and maybe you're getting a little bit on the burnout side um, thankfully, I have some dear friends, um, Gary and Julie Blair, and Gary introduced me to the off-road world, mm-hmm. which I have to say um, came at the right time for me. Mm-hmm. I think I was just too focused on results mm-hmm. on the road. and um, It's so hard. Like when you see a little bit of success, it's yeah. so hard not it's to hard. get to that, yeah. you know, because it's, then you think like – might start to expect it yeah, and guess what exactly well, and that and makes it, it not all. fun too mm-hmm. you know it takes exactly. the fun out of it Take for it sure so off-road world has been super super fun i mean it's, it, it's a different type of person completely it mm-hmm. is an off-road yep and world. the scenery and the different places mm-hmm. gary and i've traveled to do 100 mile mountain bike races and things like that i mean those memories are as good or better than the iron man memories yeah um so yeah, just don't be afraid to try new stuff outside of your comfort zone because um, as bad as a swimmer as I was, it was as bad 
of a mountain biker as as I was. And Gary is a legend in in the Ohio area for mountain biking. And um, he's not much on like telling you what you should do, but um, I'm able to like watch what he does and try to to mimic some of that. And um, he's like, yeah, just uh, just follow me. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> so yeah. that's been that's been really fun. I was gonna say as we're kind of coming to a close. What would you say, what has fitness, triathlon, all that, how's it changed your life? So it's sure eaten up a gigantic <laughs> amount of time and resources. Um, <laughs> really? No. <laughs> but um, it's been super. Um, I haven't had back surgery yet, mm-hmm. and hopefully I don't ever. Um I wrote down a little note here. I wanted to mention that I'm able to swing a sledgehammer a lot longer than all my younger coworkers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it is kind of it. Carrying your fitness into your everyday life is fun, and my work world is quite physical. So um, I'm able to to keep active and and not you know at, at coming up on fifty. Um, the plumbing profession breaks a lot of people down, and I'm I'm really no exception, except for I have um, some strength and fitness mm-hmm. to go along with my day to day as mm-hmm. a result. So, and you know, we Alex, you and I have been able to do this together a lot mm-hmm. too, and with our boys. So, having race memories with Colin and I during road races, but he and I sharing a podium together, yeah. awesome. Um, Seth, Seth and I, well, just the one last year, year we all won the family. Fit Family Series yeah. at HFP, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's it's been a really awesome thing to have in my life. Yeah, that's sure. awesome. I was yeah. thinking about I I can't remember the book I read this on, but this has been years ago. I was I think I was a young mom at that time, and you know, you're always wondering are you doing the right things with your kids, right? You know, and mm-hmm. I read this book about what makes your kids successful, and it was talking about like. If you take them to the library and read books with them, if you take them to art museums, if you expose them to science and, you know, all these different things. And it really is not so much what you do with them, but who you who you are and what you model to them. And I mean, think of what you've modeled to Hmm. your kids about fitness. And I I also think there's been a couple of turning points in your life where like, yeah, like you get on the scale and it's 199.9 and you're like, Hmm. Stay the same, or do something, right? right? Yeah, for sure. And the easy route is to stay the same when it comes to your back surgery, or do something. Now, that's not to say all back surgery is somebody's fault and they can't help it. I don't mean that at all. Right. But you know, you were at this—you weren't at that critical point yet where if surgery was inevitable. You're at this point where maybe I can do something about it, mm-hmm. and it's not easy to do something about it. Right. Yeah. It's the path less traveled. And then I also love how simple like, you like to keep it. You know, I think I was thinking about diet and how complicated we, make, we can make diet. You know, it's like all these different diets and yeah. more of this and less of this and all of that. But really, the best diet is just whole food. And then the same thing with race plans and all the data and all these yeah. fancy watches we can have and trackers and heart rate variability and all this stuff. But just you know, keeping it simple. It doesn't have to be that complicated. You For know, sure. it really, For sure. really yeah. doesn't. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think it's so easy to complicate it all today. But, um, but yeah, you are quite an inspiration to anyone who has the pleasure of training with you at all, Dan, because um, and I've trained with you a lot. And it's, um, you have a 
great ability to encourage people and then um, teach them what you know, but then also kind of slow down and and work with them too. And um, it's just been really, really fun. I've That's learned a lot nice. from I you. I appreciate that. Yeah. 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 I was going to say, I think that one of the coolest things for us is that when we had our kids so young, they were able to see what we did mm-hmm. for such a long time. I mean, when we were running, they were little guys on their bikes and they would carry our water and do all kinds of stuff. And then we'd go to Young's afterwards and get ice cream. Yeah. So they've definitely grown up in a lifestyle and you know, made fun of us for years and that's dumb, I'm, I'm not gonna do that. And to watch them now, mm-hmm. you know, in their own fitness endeavors, it's it's pretty cool, yeah. you know, yeah. to to see that the boys are currently in a challenge um, across the country. Of, of course, Collins in Iowa and Seth here, um, who can do the most pull-ups and yeah, things like that. Yeah, because they had so. a, the challenge before, and Colin won. And Seth mm-hmm. was, oh, I'm not sure about that. So they've got a, another one yeah. Yeah. coming up. Kind of a little yeah. healthy competition, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah, we love it. Absolutely, that's awesome. That's so. awesome. So, yeah, this has been great. Thank you so Super much fun. for being yeah. on our podcast yep. and Super sharing fun. your story. You guys um, keep up the good work. I really enjoy the podcast oh, as well. Oh, so. thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Any parting words you want to say, or did we give you a chance to say it all? I think I'm good. Yeah? But thank you, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, this is Mr. Alex Payton. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, he doesn't hear that very much. Andy was like, yeah, what was, they call we call him Mr. Dr. Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. all right guys thanks Dan Dan for being here and we'll see everybody in two more weeks yeah awesome have a great week thank you take care thank you for listening to the PRing Life podcast if you are interested in learning more or would like to work with us head on over to our website www.northsidefunctionalmedicine.com see you next time